Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. Welcome into the live edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. He's George Bremer. I am Ryan Hickey. Welcome on into Super Bowl Sunday. Literally perfectly timed episode of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. If you are a first-time listener, make sure you do subscribe uh, and download wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're also on YouTube as well, at Odyssey Sports page. Check us out. George, we literally just talked about, okay, big question and answer time. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're any coach fans with pressing questions about most of the head coaching search, uh, mostly really any any questions about this team, let us know. Let's hear them. Drop your comments below on YouTube. Tweet us at Twitter uh, or on the live stream as well. We want to hear your questions. But, George, we just talked about, okay, maybe we'll get the ball rolling here with the final four finalists and which, you know, who could the Colts be targeting. We have a tweet from Adam Schefter that dropped literally three minutes ago. The Indianapolis Colts have targeted Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen to be their next head coach. After informing other remaining candidates this morning, they are moving in a different direction. It looks like the Indianapolis Colts, George, after a month on the search, have found their next head coach. It looks to be Eagles OC Shane Steichen. Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, I got really nervous late this week. And I'll just tell this story because it makes me look dumb. And I think people always are going to be excited about that. Yeah, <laughs> um, But, you know, you'd heard nothing all for three weeks, three plus weeks uh, on this search. We've talked about it on the pod repeatedly, you know, silence. And during that time, all the sort of disparate reports that you were hearing, all the sort of whispers that you were hearing were different. So I would literally hear from one person, Raheem Morris is a front runner. And then within an hour or two, I would hear they really like Brian Callahan. And then within an hour or two from that, someone would say, no, Jeff Saturday is, is Jim Irsay's guy. And, and that's who it's going to be. You know what I mean? And you would hear all these different things. Thursday night, around dinner time, all of them started to converge. And it was all Shane Sykin. And I think I even texted you around that time and said, hey, this is weird. It's all Shane Sykin. And I got nervous. Like, that's when you should be like, okay, this is this is the guy but all of a sudden, I was like, it's been silent for so long, and now everybody's saying the same thing. So either everybody's right or everybody's wrong. And it just I, – I, all of a sudden, I was more nervous than I was at any other point in the search because it just felt like it was so odd to me that it went from total silence to this is the guy. And now, you know, with Schefter making the report, hey, this is the guy. Um, so I think that'll be a really – I think it is a good choice. You know, my, my, my first uh, gut – reaction my knee-jerk reaction is it's a good choice 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if we so, yes, I'm with. I, I'm excited. Like for me, Brian Callahan was my first choice for Colts offensive uh, for a Colts head coach when it came down to the pool of 13 or 14 candidates. And when you hear that he was eliminated early this week, and now it's kind of whittled down to to five candidates, to four candidates. That was the guy. Like once Brian Callahan was out for me, it was Shane Sykin all the way, just because. When you look around in the NFL now, George, that's where you got to go to win. Like you, the, the trend right now is offensive-minded head coach for a, a Colts team right now that is going to take a quarterback in the draft. Where and who is a different question. Maybe we'll get into that as well here in a little bit. But now when you're having a young quarterback on your roster next year, one of the easiest ways to have him develop at a pretty quickly and linear pace is to have continuity is to have consistency. And the best way to do that is by having an offensive-minded head coach because if things go well, and if you have you know a guy like Raheem Morris or Rich Versace from either a defensive or special teams background, they hit a home run higher on the offense coordinator and well, it's Bryce Young, CJ Shroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. They progressed well in years one and two. All of a sudden now, look out, like he's gone. He's hired somewhere else. He's probably a head coach. And now you're kind of starting over. The example I like to use a lot recently here, I think we see it is, how about the Bills with Josh Allen? Josh Allen's a great quarterback. We have seen him, you know, his development really go on a linear path under Brian Dayball. Brian Dayball leaves to go become the Giants head coach. And there was questions about Ken Dorsey and his play calling and Josh Allen still making some bad decisions. He led the NFL in turnovers this year. So it's like he took a step back because you lose a guy, you know, uh, who helped him develop a lot in Brian Dayball. So even a guy of Josh Allen's stature as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, you see, you know, a solid drop off even with him. When you take his offense coordinator away, so that's why as soon as you know this search started, I was hoping offense, ho- hoping offensive minded, and now it looks like that does happen here with Shane Steichen, Eagles offense coordinator, coming on to be the next Colts head coach, and it helps too, George. Uh, one, I'll say this will be a lot more dialed into the Eagles offense and, and play calling today. That's for sure. We'll get to Chiefs here in a little bit, but also too, you see the development that. Jalen Hurts took here this year where last year comes in as a starter for the first time in his career and helps get the Eagles to the playoffs, plays well, a little up and down. And then you see this year um, in year number two, him just take off. He totally takes off now an MVP caliber season. And the thing I like the most about Shinsuke and gets me the most excited is that he's a guy that understands the modern NFL, which is Basically, we are going to build an offense that caters around the quarterback. So I don't expect, for the most part, if they take a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, they were going to see the exactly the same Eagles offense that we're seeing this year with Jalen Hurts. But he's shown you he can build an offense to specifically target the quarterback that they have. And Jalen Hurts is kind of a unique guy. Like, sure, he's in the more Lamar Jackson, you know, style, we'll say, than obviously uh, Matt Ryan. But it's still kind of unique because. He runs, but he's a powerful runner, kind of more like Cam Newton. And it's not exactly, you know, sprint RPO, but there's a lot of RPO reads there and power running. Help build a, an offense that, again, part of the reason why the Eagles are so good this year is hard to stop. And that offense was people were still trying to get a beat on it. I'm very excited to see what he could do now in Indy with some of these pieces here, whatever quarterback they do get. But you got to think that this is going to be an offense, maybe not exactly like Philly, depending on the quarterback that they get. But we're going to see an offense totally geared and catered to whatever quarterback they do end up getting. Yeah, and I think that's, again, you know, just to kind of agree with you, um, I think that's one of the biggest selling points for Steichen. When you look at his history, you know, it, first of all, he's only 37, which I kind of hate him for that, but <laughs> this is me being old. Um, but you you look at his history, and 
when he started out with the Chargers, he had Philip Rivers. So that's one style of quarterback. That's a veteran guy. He learned a lot from. I know everybody else around Philip Rivers has said that. Uh, young in your career, getting a guy like that who's seen so much and understands so much. I'm sure, that was good for him. You know, I'm, I'm sure that's something that, that really helped him out. Uh, and then you transition to Justin Herbert. So mm -hmm. the first quarterback he helped develop is Justin Herbert. And again, you're looking at more of a traditional pro style quarterback. Now we've moved away in the NFL from the Philip Rivers type. You know, they're, they're, Justin Herbert's far more mobile than than Philip Rivers was. But at the same time, he's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's more in that Joe Burrow, I think, kind of realm. You know, where he can move and he can make plays when he has to with his feet. But you're still looking at a guy primarily playing from the pocket, primarily a traditional pro style offense and then you go to philadelphia with nick sirianni and you help develop jalen hurts who's a third style of quarterback now you know and is the new style running quarterback and i for me i think that's something that should have interested the colts all along and obviously did uh that, that you're able now as you look at this draft i think any of those four guys you just mentioned you can match them up with shane steichen and have some level of confidence that he's going to fit the offense to whatever they do. None of them are Jalen Hurts. None of them are Justin Herbert, but he has shown you he can take what is there and hide the strengths and build the offense around it. And I think that's that's got to be a major factor uh, in him coming here. I think it'll be interesting as we start getting into staff, uh, you know, and, and who's going to be there right off the top. I, I'm going to butcher this name on a live show. Um, the, the Eagles assistant offensive line coach, I believe it's Ray Itzvin, something like that. Um, but I, I would think he's a guy that would have a really good chance of coming here. But one of the interesting things about that is normally you, you hire a head coach and they're bringing a bunch of guys from the staff they're on. You look at that Philadelphia staff, a lot of old Colts assistants are there with Nick Sirianni. Uh, most of those guys, the first time that, that, Sykin worked with them was in Philly because he was with the Chargers and came mm -hmm. over. So will he go more to guys that, that he was with in LA and San Diego? Will it be more guys who are with him in Philly? Will he want some guys who were here in Indy? You know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Things like his offensive coordinator, his quarterbacks coach. Um, there have been indications, nothing certainly hammered down yet that uh, he would keep Gus Bradley as a defense coordinator and Bubba Ventrone as a special teams coordinator. So we'll see how that plays out. You know, we'll, we'll see if that happens. I also, just because we went down this road five years ago, uh, want to point out Adam Schefter's tweet specifically says targeting Shane hmm. Steichen. There has not been a contract signed yet. So, you know, it, it certainly is the direction. It's certainly what the Colts want to do, uh, but it's not a done deal yet. Yes, that is. That was a great caveat to point out because, yes, we have seen this kind of go before where the offense coordinator in the Super Bowl agrees to the Colts head coach and, you know, just, you know, happens the night before the press conference and maybe back out. So definitely a, a story we have seen. But shocked it happens again, especially with how meticulous Chris Ballard has been. But like I said, Adam Schefter is reporting right now the Colts are targeting, targeting, I think official but targeting Eagles offense coordinator Shane Seiko to be their next uh, next head coach. Colts fans, one, welcome on in. This is a perfectly timed live pod. Any questions, drop it to us in the YouTube chat, in the Twitter chat. 
tweet us your Colts questions here. That was part of the reason why we did the we wanted to do this live show in the first place to have a QA session. And of course, boom, thank you, Adam Schefter kind of breaks this news right in our lap as uh, Colts get their own head coach. So now what are your Shane Sykin questions? What are your Colts uh, coaching staff questions? Let's hear it as the Colts do have their next head coach reportedly in Shane Sykin. Let me ask you this, George, because Shane Sykin, I think specifically being hired here, at least to me, I think bodes well for the Colts in this sense. We both talked about for the last two months, ever since Frank Reich was fired, basically, how this looks across the league, how this looks, um, you know, how prospective coaching candidates are going to view the Colts, how they're basically a circus. And specifically, the Eagles with Nick Sirianni, you made, you know, no bones about it. He was very upset of the way uh, of the way Frank Reich was fired and handled and embarrassed. And I'm surprised. I know it's a head coaching opportunity, so you really can't say, no, I don't want you to go there. But honestly, I didn't really hold, uh, have high hopes for Shane Steichen as a legitimate candidate or, or head coach, because I just wonder, he obviously works with Nick Sirianni. He knows how close Nick Sirianni and Frank Reich were. And he just saw the way the Colts in Sirianni's mind embarrassed Frank Reich. Now he was fired and who was hired after him. I am a little surprised. I think this bodes well for the Colts and especially Jim Mercy going forward that they, in a way, were able to sell Shane Sykin that either this was a one-off, this was maybe not as bad as Nick Sirianni is making it out to be. However, they spun it. Steichen is is interested enough to where he kind of either okay with or look past the Frank Reich firing and how Nick Sirianni specifically took it. Well, you know, one thing I would say right off the bat is I'm almost certain, and, and we'll find this out if there's an inter- introductory press conference. I'm sure pretty early. I'm almost certain Steichen talked to Frank Reich at some point in, in the post as well. Uh, they have a little bit of a, a history to know each other, uh, and so. I would say that Frank Reich himself probably allayed some of those fears and some of those concerns. That's the kind of guy Frank is. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons he's so well-liked around this league is he's a real stand-up guy. Uh, And I think it it would not surprise me if he told Shane Steichen, you know, hey, it was a good experience overall, and this is something you should look into. That would not shock me, uh, and I I would not be surprised if that's what comes out, you know, if, in fact, he is – name the head coach here and, and he's talking to, to the media because uh, you know that question is going to come up. Uh, that being said, I, I think my one of my biggest takeaways from this is that maybe the old Jim Irsay is back. That to me, this is a sign that he went into this with a truly open mind because I'm the same as you. I was I was surprised this would happen on both sides. You know, I thought Nick Sirianni uh, and Shane Steichen might have a little bit of not fear, but a little bit of concern about this franchise in particular because of the way things ended. But I also thought the owner's going to have to swallow a little bit of pride here. I mean, if you fire Frank Reich and then you come back and hire his offensive coordinator's offensive coordinator, there's going to be connections. There's going to be dots made there. Uh, I do think straight up we should say from a personality standpoint and from a style standpoint, uh, I have heard, I don't have a lot of experience with Shane Sykin, so I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, he's my best friend and, and I've known him <laughs> for all 37 years of his life. I've heard he's much more Nick Sirianni in that regard. Uh, more of an outgoing guy, more um, wear your emotions on your sleeve. Uh, in, the, in the word, I've heard a lot with him. Uh, in the last couple of days, I've done a lot of research because, as I said, it's been pointing that way. Uh, is confidence that he's a really, really confident guy. 
much like Nick Sirianni, that it borderlines, mm-hmm. you know, it borders on, on being cocky. It can it can rub some people the wrong way uh, with other people. It's it's really a big hit. I think that's the case with Chris Ballard. I think he likes that that type of personality. I think that probably was a hit with him. Uh, but I just think one of my early takeaways here is Jim Irsay was willing to put all of that aside and do what's best for the franchise. And that's a sign that that we're getting the old Jim Irsay back, which is, I think that's good for the Colts. I agree. And I think that also speaks to the report, because this is a question I had for you um, as well, before we just got the breaking news about Shane Sykin being the next head coach, is one of the reports from Dan Graziano of ESPN was that Chris Ballard, in fact, was going to be the one making the final decision of of picking the head coach, right? We all assumed it was going to be Jim Mercer, right? Chris Bauer going to get the candidates. He did the first round of interviews himself. And then the second round of seven, eight candidates for their second interview. That's when Jim Mercer came in and met individually. And we all thought at least, or assumed, okay, Jim Mercer, he's the owner, is going to be the one making the final call. Chris Bauer basically said that flat out in his end of the year press conference was that it's going to be Jim Mercer's choice at the end of the day. And Dan Graziano, at least I believe either yesterday or Friday, was the one who reported that Chris Ballard is the one making the final call here, and he's going to be the one making the decision, which, again, I think also speaks to your point of Jim Mercer, to his credit, either did some self-scouting of himself, either listened to those around him and said, look, the last two months, you made yourself look like a fool. You could believe you made the right moves in firing Frank Reich. Like, we can get a whole different discussion of whether Frank Reich was, was wrongly fired and the timing of it and everything else, but between benching Matt Ryan firing Frank Reich the way you did, hiring Jeff Saturday and kind of just being as defined as you were, you made the Colts look like one of the most incompetent and embarrassing organizations in the NFL. And to his credit, for the you know over two-decade run he's been the owner, he went and reverted back to, again, the majority of his time as ownership and letting the people he hires do the job. That, that can be said about any, any field, right, George? Like Sometimes the easiest thing to do is just allow the people you hire to do the job. So we see so many times in sports, owners do not do that. When they step in 95% of the time, things go awry. It's a complete mess. This is exactly the case. This highlights right there in big, bold letters, mess, mess, mess. So to your point, I'm with you. I think to Jim Mercer's credit, he kind of cleaned up his image. And by going through the process the way they did with very little leaks, with truly now looking back, allowing Chris Ballard to be as thorough as he wanted, to allow him to be as patient as he wanted, he didn't force, you know, a decision to be made in the first week or say, hey, let's go. We got to get this. We got to go, 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 go. He was patient. And to Jim Mercer's credit, I think he does deserve credit here with how this played out. Everything, I think this search went as about a, as good as you could have asked for in, theor- in in terms of you got the guy you wanted. You were patient. You allowed it to go um, at your own pace. Very little got out. There's no leak. So it, it was buttoned up well. And like I said, I think you kind of, for the first time in two months, reverted back to some sort of competency uh, within the organization. Yeah, there's a, there's a comment up there from Uncouth. That's what I was smiling about when I saw that pop up. I choose to believe this was 200 IQ, Ursay. That's that's a good <laughs> comment. Uh, yeah, I think that's... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. One thing I know to be true about Jim Ursay, he cares about this franchise. And he cares about this fan base. I think I was talking with my wife 
uh, earlier in the week. We were trying to figure out, is is there, and I'll throw this out to you, Ryan, is there an owner in the NFL who's more in touch with the fans and cares, truly cares more about what they're saying? Not that he's letting them run the franchise. I don't want to make that that kind of indication. But truly cares more about what they're saying than Jim Irsay. I mean, he's on Twitter. There aren't many of them there right away. And no. it's not a corporate Twitter account. It's not some ghostwriter, you know, sending out these tweets for him. Uh, good and bad at times, but it, it's him. It's really him. I think no one questions that. Um, I just don't know. Is there another owner out there who is as tapped in? I mean, you look at the giveaways that he's done. Give a, a fan a Super Bowl ring, for goodness sakes. You know, you look at the things that, that that he's done, the way he's tapped into the community. I don't know if there's another owner as in touch and as truly concerned about what the fans are saying. No, there's not. There's a, you could argue, you know, yeah, I, I would say no. Like, just because, you know, you look at a guy like Jerry Jones who has, you know, I would say is the, obviously the most involved owner in his team and the direct personnel decisions. But that doesn't mean he, you know, gets the, the the you know, his fingers on the pulse of the fan base. Because if that's the case, he probably would have given up his GM duties a long time ago. I'm sure that, you know, it's a lot of what Cowboys fans, I bet, would be uh, would be screaming for. But no, I think you're right. I think there's no owner, that's a, I would say, more plugged in, has his ear to the ground in terms of what the fan base is feeling. Than Jim Mercer, which is why I kept going back. I understand, I understand that um, Jeff Saturday was his guy, and the only reason Jeff Saturday is truly even in the mix is because of Jim Mercer. But I'm about you, George. Like for me personally, I never had in my head that Jeff Saturday was going to get the permanent job. Even when he's getting the second interview, I just never. I thought I, I kept saying that the chances were zero. I thought there's no chance in hell, basically, he was going to get the job. And in part just because I, don't, I can't see a way, like you said, how Jim Mercer would sell this to the fan base. I know you could say he hired him in the first place and allow him to go through the interviews. But we talked about it even when he got the second interview. That's actually probably a good thing because now he's going to have to explain himself. What is his plan? How is he going to make you know turn this team around? And when you hear Jeff Saturday's plan compared to actual legitimate candidates' plans, I'm sure it was night and day. And that's why, I, again, go kind of back to that the fact that I just never saw a, a path for him to getting hired, which again I think speaks to Jim Mercer at least understanding what the fan bases, um, well, what their attitude and reaction would have been if it was Jeff Saturday as a head coach and not Shane Sykin. Yeah, no, and you know I, I never had a lot of expectations at all because I didn't know. I, I told you I've been shell shocked since Halloween, and I really didn't know, so I wasn't going to rule anything out. Uh, earlier today, there were. Eric B. Enemy's name came up again. We were talking about that before the show. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I've never had any kind of um, real expectations or any kind of solid feeling one way or another in, in this search. But I do agree. You know, I, I, I think the one chance that was always there was, was that Ursay would have to be the one to make the call. And with him seeing the reaction of the fan base, it, it was making it less likely. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Jeff does now. You know, does he go back to ESPN? I know that there were reports very early on, uh, feels like a year ago when, when this search first started, that they would welcome him back with open arms. Does he, you know, here or elsewhere? Because there's a lot of jobs open with, with all the head coaching jobs that were there, all the new offense coordinators. There's a lot of position coaches' uh, jobs open. You know, does he want to, you know, go and be an offensive line coach somewhere, climb the ladder? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I know the Colts had asked him twice before, you know, here in Indy, and, and he turned it down. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that's what it happens. 
um, watching the, this comments again, you know, it's really fun to, to do that. And thanks everybody for joining in. It's one of the reasons we want to do this live show Eagles fan franchise on here. The Colts just won't leave us alone. LOL. Take Gannon, not Shane. LOL. And then he says, in all seriousness, though, you guys just got an amazing young mind. Shane is a brilliant OC. He was the OC for Justin Herbert, his rookie season. It took Hertz to new heights. Uh, Sarah Smalls, a fan who's been interacting with us on Twitter as well, saying she has fan, friends in Philly uh, who are saying, you know, that they don't want to see Steichen go. I think that's a good sign. Um, you know, sometimes when, when you see these hires, the other fan base is good riddance. Thank goodness right. it's not happening right now in Philly. And I'll tell you one thing I know for sure about the Philly fans. They will tell you how they feel. They're not going to blow smoke at you. That's true. Let me ask you this. Uh, like I said, if you have any questions, please feel free on YouTube, on Twitter. That's why we are here. That was the main reason why you're here, to answer your questions. I got a good one here I want to throw by you here in a second, George. But let me ask you this, just speaking of the game, and since we kind of you know got on talking a little egos here with Shane Steichen, were you going into this game? Did you have a rooting interest? No. No, I never really do anymore. That's the, one of the bad things about being in this business is that you lose fans. It's being huh? Yeah, and it's not even, you know, I think people are like, oh, it's objectivity and it's it, it's it's just the grind of, of the the job, you know, you and you get to where to the extent that I had a rooting interest, it's Nick Sirianni. You get to where guys that you know, players that that you've been around a little bit, uh, you want to see them do well. But I don't know that you're ever because like in this situation, Sirianni, um, I've got more of a personal connection with him because I obviously know him and, and I've talked to him right. quite, quite a bit. Uh, but then there's just a, a professional level of respect with Pat Mahomes where you're like, hey, this guy legitimately the best quarterback in the NFL. And so, and you know, the, it's very rare that I have a rooting interest anymore outside of, like I said, players or coaches. Um, but now I think you watch the game a lot in a lot different uh, manner than maybe you were going to going into it. Yeah, I, I hear it. I get, I get that. And just like I said, when you're used to just more reporting, it does kind of, you know, it makes it hard just to root for, you know, even in a game that does not involve the Colts whatsoever. I will say I can't, I'm still going to be rooting for the chiefs. Like, I just, I, I don't like the Eagles. I'll be completely honest with you being here, you know, just Philly is not my, not my place. With that said, I think my rooting interest has changed a little bit in terms of I'm still rooting for the Chiefs to win, but now I'm rooting for the Eagles offense every time they're on the field. So I'm hoping for a 35-31, let's go 40-35, just really kind of blow it out there, blow it up and just have, you know, the Eagles and, and Shane Steichen really just put on a masterful performance. Definitely be rooting for his uh, his offense, at least every single time they're on the field. So this does change a little bit for me, um, just in the sense of that, rooting hard for the chiefs uh even though my one friend's an eagles fan hopefully he's not watching uh, and actually be watching with them <laughs> later so that could actually be a little interesting <laughs> but definitely now be rooting for the uh the eagles offense a ton all right so let's get to some questions here george colts uh nation 365 writes to us on twitter Steichen. right now obviously the colts have their head coach uh in shane Steichen. bryce young or cj stroud i think is a better fit for the shane Steichen offense you know, and, and this is going to sound like I'm on the fence and I'm not because I've been thinking about this for a while. I think one of the reasons that you go get Shane Sykin is it works well with both of them because I think you've got to do a different thing with, with both these guys. I think if you get C.J. Stroud, you're going to look more at that Justin Herbert style of offense, what he ran in in L.A., um, you know, and, and 
relying on the arm talent and, and getting the ball out quick, relying a lot on reads. Uh, Bryce Young does all that and does all that really well. But I also think it would be a little bit different. And, and a thing with Young is, and this is odd because I don't, Steichen doesn't have any direct connection to this. But when I look at Bryce Young, I think the best thing to do would be run a Seattle style offense. What they did with with Russell Wilson, specifically when he was young. When you think back to Wilson and, and Marshawn Lynch and the power running game supporting him and letting his big arm make plays, but also just letting Russell Wilson kind of be a magician in the backfield and and just do the the things that only he can do. I could see that working in Indy with Jonathan Taylor in the Marshawn Lynch role and Steichen just letting Russell, letting Bryce Young, you know improvise and kind of pull those magic tricks out. So I think either way is good because I think Steichen's one of the guys in this coaching search who you could feel confident would try to build an offense like that around Bryce Young. If you are just tuning in for the first time, make sure you download and subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Pod. We are here all off season, two, three pods a week, especially now that we finally, finally, George, have an answer at head coach. Uh, I don't have to be guessing and reading tea leaves and trying to see, decipher what certain tweets and emojis from Jim Ursay means. Does, does that mean some, you know, head coach candidates are higher less than others? That's that's some pods we did in the last few weeks for sure. So make sure you check us out wherever you do get your pods. Again, we are the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Um, he look, definitely you know I mean? uses more emojis than any other NFL yeah, owner. Oh my goodness! I mean, his emoji to tweet ratio is, like I said, yeah, that, that there's half the owners I'm sure don't even know what emojis are, George. So the fact that Ursay is using them in literally every tweet he has, you're 100 right. No one's more engaged in the fan base. No one tweets as much as Jim Ursay, and nobody, definitely nobody, uses as many uh, emojis as the owner uh, of the Colts. That is for sure. That is for sure. Look, you know me. I'm a Bryce Young guy. So when, when Colts Nation 365 asks, you know, now that Shane Seiken, CJ Stroud, or Bryce Young, I'm going to go Bryce Young. I think it's a better fit. Like I said, it's Shane Seiken's a guy that well, we just kind of talked about for the last 20 minutes. He builds his offense around the quarterback he has. So I wouldn't say this hire kind of gives a tip of, you know, maybe a certain style of quarterback. Because like I said, even though you can kind of look at what he's doing with Jalen Hurts and say, okay, well, that's kind of fits the Will Levis mold. So maybe the Colts will go that way or Anthony Richardson. Well, right before he was in Philly, he was in L.A. with Justin Herbert, which is, again, more C.J. Stroud and even Bryce Young ask a little bit kind of mold. So he's worked with, you know, the, the two styles of quarterback that are going to be, you know, here in, the, in at least in the top four when it comes to the four quarterbacks that will go in the first round. He can work with all four because in, in some sort of way, in some sort of capacity, he's had a quarterback that fits the mold of each there. But also I think what helps, and maybe this is something we get to here too, George, as well, Jalen Hurts obviously went to Alabama for three years for a transfer in Oklahoma and has found a year. Having success with an Alabama quarterback, I know each one is different, so it's maybe just frankly a stupid conversation, but I'm curious your thoughts here. Does that make it more likely that Bryce Young could be, you know, the guy kind of knowing the familiarity with the offensive system from Alabama and having a quarterback that has worked well coming out of that system? I'll say yes, but not maybe in the way people are thinking. I think it makes it more likely in the sense that, there were a lot of questions about Jalen Hurts coming out too. Oh, yeah. you know they were different than they are with Young. Young, it's it's almost all around the size, you know, and, and specifically the weight. He's under two hundred pounds. Uh, heard that he's trying to put some some weight on right now. I think one of my colleagues said earlier, it, you know, if he shows up at the combine at like two oh five or two ten, it might be the best use of Southern cooking in the history of time. <laughs> uh, which I think is 
is a really good point to make. Lots of sweet tea down there maybe for him right now. Trying oh, to, I'm sure. Trying to pack on that, that weight. Um, but I think there were a lot of questions around Jalen Hurts. And with him, it was, you know, can he throw the ball consistently enough? Can, can We know he's an athlete. Can he beat defenses with his arm uh, at, the, at the next level? And because Shane was there and, and saw that development and knows that the answer to that is yes, he's going to be less afraid of the questions around Bryce Young. So that's why I would say, yeah, I think it helps. Uh, not so much the Alabama connection as you already went through this. You've been there in person with a quarterback who people said, remember when Philly took him, there was some talk. Is he overdrafted? Second oh, yeah. round, was a little surprise, you know, that, that it was that early. Uh, and now you're looking at him now. I think anybody is, I don't know anyone who's saying, yeah, they, they took him too soon. Uh, maybe Carson Wentz. He might still be saying they took him too soon. <laughs> no, nobody else is thinking that right now. Uh, and I think that that's, it's a credit to, to the job that the, the Eagles coaches have done. But it's also, if I'm Shane Steichen, I'm not worried about what, you know, the experts are saying about quarterbacks coming out. I'm trusting my own instincts and in, in, in what I see personally. I'm 100% with you. And like I said, I think it absolutely helps that even though the offenses has changed and right, like, you know, Jalen Hurts' offense coordinator was not the same as what Bryce Young had with having Bill O'Brien the last two years. Although I think having an offensive minded uh, or uh, NFL offensive mind in Bill O'Brien, I think does help um, Bryce Young in terms of his translation to the NFL. So again, for me, like, you know, we, we both, if you're tuning in for the first time, me and George have both been on the Bryce Young train now for a while. That has been our clear-cut number one. That is our number one pick for the Colts uh, when it comes to quarterbacks this year. I will say I am a little nervous. There's one aspect of Shane Steichen specifically and his history that has me nervous about maybe him leaning C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young, and that's, and that's this. The size. We talk about the size a lot. We talk about the weight a lot. You're joking. He's trying to get to 205, 210 by maybe you know a steady diet of burritos, sweet tea, fried chicken, whatever you got to do between Alabama and California to get as much weight on as you can here in the next few weeks before the combine. He's going to do it. But we talk about the size a lot is the only real negative about Bryce Young. And when you look at Shane Steichen, the last two stops he's been at in L.A. and, and in Philly, he's had two quarterbacks physically imposing. Justin Herbert is 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, I believe. So skinny, but very tall, very big, and obviously, as we know, very sturdy. And speaking of sturdy, there you know you look at Jalen Hurts. He was a power lifter, a guy just you know eats weights, I feel like, for breakfast. He is a battering ram. Even though he got hurt and missed two games in that shoulder injury, he was just, you know, he's someone who's just as tough as nails. So you've had two quarterbacks recently that have been physical specimens in terms of either strength in Jalen Hurts or pure size in Justin Herbert. That does get me a little nervous that maybe Shane Steichen will kind of aim his quarterback search more towards a guy like Will Levis or C.J. Stroud because of their size and strength compared to a guy like Bryce Young just because, again, he's had – success with quarterbacks that have been, you know, physically imposing in a certain way compared to a Bryce Young will definitely not be physically imposing. That's the one thing we will say in his NFL career. That's the one adjective we will not be using to describe his game. No, absolutely not. And you can go back to Rivers as far as being physically imposing too. He's another really big guy, sturdy, you know, prototypical size quarterback. So I think everybody that that uh, Shane Sykins worked with at the NFL level kind of fits that that mold um one other guy that i would i you know you've got to mention it especially the way things have been coming up uh this past week lamar jackson you know he's baltimore there's a lot of there's a lot of noise out there you know could they franchise tag him uh and could they use that to to facilitate a deal eventually if somebody blows them away 
not hard to look at that Philly offense and, and envision Lamar Jackson running it. And you want to talk about big and sturdy and, and staying Shane stacking type, but guy, you know, Lamar fits that mold. Now are the Colts going to want to give up, you know, what it takes to do that? I don't know, but I think we, we had mentioned that on the pod before. I think Lamar has got to be in the mix as well. We talked this on a previous pod. So in case you missed it, we're going to just bring it up here. I think it's an interesting discussion. I, I don't, I, if I'm the Colts, I would not trade for Lamar Jackson. I don't know how you feel, George, but I would not trade. I would probably argue three first round picks, right? Is probably what it's going to have to be. And then pay him a big time extension right now with the fact that Lamar's last two seasons have ended in injury and ended in him not being there on the field for the biggest games of the Ravens season. I just don't feel comfortable right now, basically giving up an arm and a leg to get Lamar, then have to pay him a big time deal and then hope he stays healthy when there's still other questions about this roster. There's still other areas that they need to address to get better at. Whereas look, you're still, if they have to trade up to one or two, you're still going to pay a pretty penny, but at least you're going to have a quarterback on a rookie deal rather than Lamar Jackson on a 45, $50 million a year deal. And also no first round picks for two or three years after this year. So I don't know how you feel um, about the Colts possibly trading for Lamar. I know it's kind of like, you know, bird in the hand versus two in the bush. We have no idea what any quarterback in the draft is going to be. And that's a massive risk. They could all four be busts or all three could work. Three could work out and the Colts could draft the one bust that doesn't work out. So there's no guarantee whatsoever. I'd rather just take my chance and basically play the lottery in the draft rather than right now trade for Lamar Jackson, who's been unable the last few years to be on the field in the biggest games of the season. I think you always want to pair your young head coach with a young quarterback. I think that's the best formula. I think that's the more traditional way to do it. And I think that's the way I would lean uh, if I was the Colts. But I, Lamar's the one guy out there that I would consider. You know, we talked before about Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr and some of these other guys. And I think they're all far enough along in their careers that it feels too much like what the Colts have done the last couple of years. And that, to me, is the one thing they've got to avoid. No more Band-Aids. No more you know, we're just going to pause this carousel for, for a minute and get right back on it next year. Um, and I think Lamar at least handles that side of things. You know, if if you believe in the health factor, which is a huge part of this, you got to make sure that he's okay now. You got to make sure that you can continue uh, to, that he's going to play for you. You know, I think especially with this franchise, you don't need to to tell this team about quarterback injuries and, and, and how devastating they can be. So, um I Lamar's the one guy that I would for me if if I couldn't get Stroud and I couldn't get Young I you know I've said this before I have no interest in Levis or Richardson and I know there's going to be a lot of people right now who are not happy with that uh, for me it has to do with the makeup of the team right now they're they're both going to be guys who need to be developed and I think everybody even who's the highest uh, on them feels that way now with Steichen you may feel like you know th- there's more of a infrastructure here or there will be to get that done. I just don't think the Colts are in a position to wait. I look at Detroit, the team like that is, is where Levis or Richardson should land where you've got Jared Goff, but he's not the guy you can win now with him. Uh, and, and they can watch and learn and, and come in when they're ready. Um, I think this case, and I just had a question. So it kind of ties in Ed Stahl, my childhood friend uh, texting me and, and, and asking, uh, you know, with the top four quarterbacks, would they start right away or would they have to wait? And I think, you know, Young and, and Shroud would start right away. Yes. Uh, maybe with Gardner Minshew here. Now that it's Jane Sykins here, maybe Gardner Minshew is a free agent. <laughs> uh, is your better backup, <laughs> you know, in, in the plan That's B. Actually a good point, yeah. Um, but I think they would start right away 
with Richardson and Levis, I don't think so. I think you're going to wait and, and, and let them play out. And that's another reason why I wouldn't use the fourth overall pick on them. I understand talent and traits and all the reasons why you could do that. Uh, but when you take a quarterback at number four or higher, uh, there's an expectation that's that's put in the fan base and they're going to want them to play right away. So the first time, like if it is Gardner Minshew, the first time they lose a game or first time he throws a pick, fans are going to want that 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 rookie in there. They're not going to be patient. Uh, and I think that's where I stand on that. I'm So we'll do, I just want to answer one more draft question and we'll circle back to the Colts hiring Shane seconds. We'll be on here about, you know, five, 10 more minutes. So if you have any questions, please, this is a time to throw them in the, in the YouTube chat, in the Twitter chat. We appreciate you joining us here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod. But like I said, so a few more minutes here, so make sure you get your questions in uh, now before it's too late. So, yeah, let's just wrap up here on the on the draft stuff and then circle back to head coach George. So, like you said, like Austin right now is writing on YouTube. Bryce Young is not who they want. And he mentioned the other three quarterbacks and Levis, Stroud, Richardson. I'm with you, by the way. First of all, let's just start. Let's start with Bryce Young first and then work with the other three guys. This is why I don't understand. If we're truly worried about size, like, for me, size right now is not a big enough detractor where it's going to knock me off Bryce Young being, to me, the best quarterback in the draft. Look at everything else he does well. And I'm really mad with this because I was watching the other day, Joshua Cowan did a tremendous breakdown um, of Bryce Young's game. They, they watched the LSU film, some good plays, some bad plays, basically broke down what makes Bryce Young special and, and why, you know, he's going to be one of the, the, the first uh, quarterbacks taken off the board. And I'm really mad because I think Frank Wright just hired him to be on the on the Panthers. Staff. I was hoping to get him on the pod here, but he did a great breakdown of basically showing you, like this guy is, is already in NFL, like he's at the NFL level when it comes to reading defenses, working with protections, which is also a, very important. He does so many things NFL quarterbacks have to do now that don't do in college. He's already ahead of the learning curve compared to C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, to where if we are just going to talk about size. That to me is not enough. Like, show me something else then. Say his arm strength is not, you know, is very weak, or his accuracy is poor, which it's not, or his decision making is bad, which it's not, or he can't make any plays, which he absolutely can. Like, no, there's no other argument I have heard about Bryson other than 195 pounds. No quarterback has had success. That's what Austin is saying. I get it. But you know what? You can make the argument, well, a guy like Jalen Hurts is not going to have success in the NFL. A guy like Lamar Jackson, that style is not going to have success, uh, success in the NFL. Hell, Patrick Mahomes. George, how many times do we hear about Big 12 quarterbacks putting up big numbers in college, getting drafted in the first round, and they can't run an NFL system because their offense is smoking mirrors and so gimmicky that they just can't play? Well, guess what? Did the, didn't the Chiefs care about the past perception that a Big 12 quarterback didn't have success or that you can't run with a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson? No. The Ravens did their homework and said, this is the best, you know, this guy fits what we need. His talent is is where we can get it to its max. Patrick Holmes is, is the best quarterback that the Chiefs thought and did did uh, thought so much that they traded up to go get him. So it's just like it's one of those things, George, where, yes, they're obviously not – there's no perfect – there's no Andrew Luck. There's no Trevor Lawrence in this draft where it's far and away flawless. The one flaw Bryce Young has is size, and that to me is just is not something that I'm concerned about enough to say, ah, we're going to steer away from him. We're not going to make the first overall pick. He does everything really well, and that to me is why I think he's going to be by far and away the best quarterback in the draft class, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That's why I found the Colts size be damn if I'm Shane second. That is my guy. That is number one. When we look at C.J. Stroud, I am nervous about outside of the Georgia game, he tends to play his worst football against the best competition. That is not a good sign. 
when most of the times Ohio State just has more talent than everyone else. And we've seen plenty of quarterbacks have more talent and just easily, you know, be able to play well because when you're working at, you know, when you don't have to do a lot, when you just have your receivers just flat out better, just throw it up, go make a play. Or hand the ball off, go, you know, outrun everyone. It's easy to do that. And Will Levis, like I said, and Anthony Richardson, I don't think either will be ready to play week one. So you said it before, I'm with you, that they, if they are to draft them, you do, you're sitting them week one, you're sitting them for a good amount of the season, having them learn, having them develop. There's just The learning curve for them is just so steep that you can make the argument Anthony Richardson of the four maybe has the highest ceiling. If he puts it all together just because his physical tools and, you know, the, the ball just flies out of his arm. He's, he's physically imposing. He's huge. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But it's just, it's a massive question where like we'd be sitting here three years in George and just the guy doesn't pan out. So I'll take for me what is the, the closest thing to a guarantee in Bryce Young. And this is a guy that, again, I just, sorry, now this is, this is another thing too. Like this is where we're talking about making arguments against Bryce Young. What, why, why should the Colts not draft Bryce Young? Austin writes, durability is the biggest thing. Durability? The guy didn't get hurt. The guy took some big hits. He had a shoulder injury at Alabama, played through it, and played some great football through the shoulder injury. He is – this is a guy that is stable, that is sturdy, that can – I have no doubts on this offensive line, just won't put himself in a position to leave himself susceptible getting to getting and taking big hits. Yeah, I think, you know, I think he did a good job of that in the SEC. Um, and the thing is, the one injury he had, he played through. And I think that's really important to note, you know, and not just played through, played well through. Um, they, they lost those games, you know, Tennessee and, and LSU, but I don't think anybody puts either of those losses on Bryce Young's shoulder. Uh, you know, that that was the Alabama defense didn't get it done this year, and the offensive line really wasn't at the level that they normally are. Uh, and I think that's a big part of it. The fact is, Young's a historic outlier, and I think that might scare off Chris Ballard. That's something we're going to have to wait and see. You know, he's been a big trades guy. Um, it, it's been a real part of his DNA. Uh, and I think that'll be interesting to see what he what he does there, because if you take Bryce Young, you're going against a lot of NFL history. And that's something Ballard normally doesn't want to do. Now, at the same time, you're looking at a guy who makes plays at an elite level. You know, we had Dane Brugler on and that's what he said. You know, the, on the football field that he's out there, his vision, his ability to distribute uh, is is elite. And I think that's what you got away. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And I think Steichen's going to have a lot to say in that. You know, if there's one thing we know from this quarterback carousel the last five years here is that Chris Ballard will listen to his head coach. And so I think Shane Steichen oh, yeah. will have, you know, a lot of say in who this is. So if Steichen comes in there and says, hey, I like Anthony Richardson, and I think guy can turn into the next Jalen Hurts, that's going to carry weight with, with Chris Ballard. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, that's that's the next level of this now that – the uh, head coach question has has been answered interimly. I'm still going to throw out there. Um, you know, I, <laughs> that's I'm a fair old, caveat. I'm old George. Enough to remember Josh McDaniels, so that's I need a, to. Hundred yeah, percent. But that being said, it, it, all signs point to Shane Sykin. Uh, and with that kind of out of the way, 
Um, quarterback's next, you know, and that that's going to be what dominates the talk, you know, until draft. So um, we'll see. We'll see who they prefer. I, I do think Stroud is more, quote unquote, the Ballard prototype. You know, he's, he's, he's more the style that Ballard wants. One other thing about CJ Stroud that's not been brought up a lot that I think will, will carry weight for him in, in Chris Ballard's eyes. He was a bit, I don't know how to put this self-made star. Um, you know, he's, I don't know. A lot of people know his background, but his dad went into prison, I think when he was in middle school and his mom didn't know football. She just didn't, it wasn't something she followed. She certainly didn't understand the recruiting process. So you had CJ, I'm not trying to knock moms out there. Moms are the best people on earth. Uh, and her support is what got CJ here. And it, it, he'll say that I'm sure you'll hear it at the combine here at the end of the month, how important his mom was in the process, but she wasn't, she didn't know, like, you got to get to this camp. You got to go to, you got to get in front of these people, Mm -hmm. you know, and he was making his own schedule and she just took him wherever he needed to go. But he basically fought his way into the elite 11 camp. His, I would have been his junior year in high school. And he went out there. Bryce young was there. They were on the same tribe at the Elite 11, and he won the MVP of the camp. He was worked his butt off, had this goal, won the MVP of the camp, and the next day Ryan Day called and offered him. So you want to talk about a guy who, I don't know, offered him, called and, and made the first contact with him, the first part of that process. But this wasn't your typical five-star uh, prospect. People had him pegged from a very young age. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, that's those guys have worked hard and earned it too. But I know Chris Ballard looks so much at how do you overcome adversity? You know, how much fight is there in you? CJ Stroud's backstory is gonna it's gonna carry weight with 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 Chris Ballard. It's a really good point. That's a really good point. Something I was not aware of. Um, so like I said, it's gonna be uh we'll be hearing a lot of that, like I said in here in the next few weeks and months leading up. That's really interesting. Like I said it just another um, credit for CJ Stroud going forward that you can do it, you know, kind of like I said, on his own, which is maybe a separator in Chris Ballard's mind. But like I said, we'll also see how much influence Shane Steichen will have. I, I think you're right, uh, probably a lot. So you think, and you see how that Jim Mercy allowed Chris Ballard to do his job when it comes to picking that coach. You would think that Chris Ballard would allow Shane Steichen to do his job and have a big say on what quarterback he wants to work with come draft time. We'll have, like I said, a lot of time now to break down quarterback, especially since, George, we finally know who the head coach will be. It is, well, presumably will be. Unofficially, it is Eagles offense corner Shane Steichen, which you have pointed out astutely many times now, rightfully so. That is the report from Adam Schefter. Nothing is signed. I believe the earliest it could be signed is tomorrow, I'm assuming. Um, So we'll see once the game does end. Hopefully, we will have a signature and we'll have an introductory press conference when it's scheduled to happen with the right head coach. But like I said, we've seen stuff like that go off the rails before. Let me ask you and this to go. Oh, sorry, I was say real quick, you know, the outcome of the game might play into that that uh, schedule a little bit, too, because if, if the Eagles win and you've got a parade uh, and a celebration to be had then it may be a little bit longer because you're going to want to allow, allow him to, you know, enjoy all that and, and take all that in. If they lose, he may fly into any Monday afternoon and, and sign the deal. So that, that could be a factor as well. Absolutely. Yeah. If I was 
Shane Steichen, and I was on the Eagles, and they won. Absolutely, I'm trying to get to that parade. You're trying to celebrate. I know it's tough timing, but I'm trying to, you know, have a little party uh, myself. That is for sure. Let me ask you this, George. So we know, right, the Colts, their last head coach was Frank Reich, hired off of the Eagles staff. He brought in Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni, as we know, leaves to go be the Eagles head coach, and now the Colts hire Nick Sirianni's offense coordinator and Shane Steichen. Did the Colts upgrade from Frank Reich, do you think? It's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think my dog is saying yes, I think. I'm not sure I think what, was, what the response is there. Yeah, That's love the, the live yes. show and, and that sort of situation. Um, you know, I it's hard to say at this point. Uh, again, I think there's going to be a lot of parallels drawn between the two and for obvious reasons. But I, everything I've heard, he's more Nick Sirianni than he is Frank Reich. Uh, and I think there's anyone who wants to go out there and look, there's a, there's a clip on Twitter of, of, I think it's before the NFC championship game. They're doing player introductions in, in Sykin's chest bump and Nick Sirianni. It's not the kind of thing you would see Frank Reich doing on the yeah. sideline. It's exactly the kind of thing you would see Nick Sirianni doing on the sideline. I don't know that it even matters so much as, is he the right guy for the right moment? You know what I mean? Uh, whether he or, or Frank Reich's a better coach, uh, and find out when they when they play out Carolina next year. But I think it's more about most likely you bring in a rookie quarterback. Is he the right guy to get that rookie quarterback where he needs to be and, and get this franchise back on track? I think the answer to that is yes. And I think anything else really is is not as important in the equation. That's a tremendous point, George. That's a uh, like my mind is blown. That's a great point. It doesn't matter. It's basically are you the right head coach or the right moment. I think that's perfectly said because even you look at, you know, the Eagles right now, I would argue Doug Peterson overall, right? When you went from Doug Peterson to Nick Sirianni, I would say in the moment, Doug Peterson's a better head coach. I mean, the guy won a Super Bowl. He's, you know, we're seeing what he's doing in Jacksonville. He's showing you right now that what happened in Philly, those two years were not a fluke whatsoever. So you, I could argue you're right. Like the Eagles, you could say downgraded, but at the moment, at that moment, at that time, Nick Sirianni, they felt was the right guy. Now look at the right back in the Super Bowl. I think it's perfectly said, honestly. Because even you two, if if you're right and he's more Sirianni than he is, you know, let's say Frank Reich in terms of having the personality, having the, you know, the command of the room, getting in guys' faces, that's really what the Colts need. And if you have even a little bit less of an offensive mind and game planning and playing calling than Frank Reich, I still think he is one of the best uh, in the NFL in terms of designing game plan and calling plays. You have maybe just like a step down from that, but you take a step up in terms of accountability, intensity. I think it's what this roster needs. And I think I said, I think for right now, what the Colts are looking for, you kind of get the best of both worlds where you still have a really high offensive mind with a guy that can kind of, you know, bring the juice and kind of get the guys going, which is for a very, you know, pretty young-ish team. I think that will go, you know, work wonders in terms of bring that intensity level up. So I like that a lot. I think you're 100% right. Right coach for the right moment. I think that's what Shane Psyche, you could say is. Yeah, I don't know. I'm in a weird spot today. Anyway, I think it's. I'm still trying to get used to to, to Adam Schefter like helping me, like <laughs> Adam Schefter tweet making my life easier. That's that doesn't happen. So I'm still, you know, I'm That's still trying point. to adjust to that. That's a really, it's <laughs> a really good point. Anytime Adam Schefter and the Colts, uh, you know, are, are tweeting, it's never uh, never a good thing. Which actually, you bring it up. I'm kind of surprised he's the one to break this news, considering that he's kind of been the one on the outs. Especially in this head coaching search for the Colts, it's usually been Ian Rappaport. It's been Tom Palacero. We've seen Dan Graziano throw some nuggets in there as well. It's really been anyone but Adam Schefter kind of breaking news and kind of giving any sort of intel on this head coaching search. 
But here's Adam Schefter prevailing and bringing what we think is going to be good news that uh, Eagles head coach Shane Steichen is going to the next Colts head coach. All right, so let's put a bow on, on this on this live pod, on this you know breaking news with this question. So it's taken a month, George. They've interviewed a, a ton of candidates, 13 candidates that they started with, whittled down now to one. Overall, Colts, like you, do you feel good about this last month? Do you feel good about the Colts process? And do you think that the process at the end got the right result? I think to answer the last part of that question answers the first part. I think they did get the right result. And so therefore you do feel good about the process. Now I, you know, we'll see if I still feel that way two years from now. I think that's, you know, that's, that's the next big question in all of this. Um, but you know, you end up with a young offensive minded head coach, assuming that everything goes to play and um, you end up with a, a young offensive minded head coach with a good resume. Uh, and I think it, most importantly, he's got a good history with quarterbacks and you know, that's, there's no secret. That's the biggest question around here right now. Since Andrew Luck retired, the number one thing has been that quarterback carousel. All signs point to the Colts trying to end that this year by, by bringing in a rookie. Uh, and so the most important thing I always felt like all along in this, this search was to get somebody who would be best positioned uh, to, to put that rookie in the, in the best possible spot. And I think they've done that. And if you look at the, all the guys that they interviewed, you can make a really strong argument that Shane Steichen is the best guy for this job. I'm with you. Like it's been at times frustrating. And we have done pods where I'm sitting there like, George, what the hell are we going to talk about? Just because there's not a lot of information. This process is going on for forever. We're trying to, you know, just kind of grasp at straws of any sort of clue. So this time, it was time just been frustrating. But I'd say overall, the last month, the Colts, I would say, look, we said a few weeks ago, I think this is right. There's going to be no home run higher. So I don't think this is one of those where you win the press conference right away because Shane Seiken was the guy you circled at the beginning of the search. But I think in saying that, it's almost a good thing where the Colts, I do feel really, like I said, about the process and the result because Chris Ballard, basically, his credit, after two months of chaos, helped steer the Colts back on course where he outlined as soon as the season ended, this is our plan. We're going to be deliberate. We're going to take our time. We're going to interview anyone and everyone that's available to get an idea of who fits us best. So he went in with a wide net, which, again, I like after the last head coaching search where uh, Chris Ballard himself admitted I kind of went in there already kind of biased towards Joshua Daniels and basically kind of seeing, you know, I'm going to see what I need to see in order to make Joshua Daniels the next head coach, which obviously, as we know, did not work out very well. So he went into this uh, search wide open, eyes wide open, saying, I'm just going to see what the hell happens. Whoever rouse me in these interviews is going to get the job. And so when you cast a wide net, when you are deliberate, when there's not a lot of information leaking out, when Jim Mercy is allowing Chris Ballard to do his job and not being too influential, and at the end, you go from 13 to eight to four or five, and now down to one. I think the process for the Colts was good. I thought the end result, like I said, of getting an offensive minded head coach that has worked with different quarterbacks and different systems and has been very successful at calling plays, which is also a big key as well. I think every box is checked for what you're looking for. And I would say, yeah, at the end of the day, I feel really good going forward now. Shane Seconds, the guy, because like I said, the process, I think the end result bears out with the process. Uh, intended to do. I think the Colts got the best guy for the job, and I'm very excited now to see, you know, what Shane Sykin can do with whatever young quarterback that they have. And you hope, you all you hope at this point is that he is better quarterback luck than Frank Reich, which yeah, it's wow. going to be hard. It's going to be hard not to, but that's at this point, that's the only hope going forward. 
I think there are two <laughs> low bars for him to clear. And one of them is better quarterback luck than than Frank Reich, which almost certainly has to happen. If it doesn't, I'm already apologizing to him. Uh, and the other one is having a better introductory press conference than Nick Sirianni. Those are his two low bars now <laughs> to, to clear. I, I, I will go out on a limb and say yes. I think he will clear both of those considering just historically how bad uh, we saw the, the, the Colts quarterback, Carousel, and – Look, not much, you know, and Nick Sirianni was very nervous, we'll say. And uh, that did not go well at the beginning. Eagles fans were not fans. And now, as we know, two years later, here he is coaching for a chance to win a Super Bowl. So, all right, so that will do it for this live edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Timed up just perfectly just because, of course, George, we knew 1130 Eastern. That is when we'll find out the head coaching search news. That is when Adam Schefter drops a tweet. Of course, that's when we set to go live. So that was a very fun very fun live show. If you just tuned us and just found us for the first time in your Colts fan, please make sure to download and subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you like watching on YouTube, look us uh, and find us under the Odyssey Sports tab each and every time we go live. Uh, each and every time I should say we do a show, we do in podcast form and in video form like you're watching right now. So wherever you are watching us right now is where you'll be able to find us going forward. Again, we'll be here two or three times a week um, to give you all the Colts news. And finally, George, we can stop talking about head coach and kind of pivot back to more quarterback talks. We'll have a lot more scouts, hopefully coaches, analysts to kind of break down these four quarterbacks as we get into the uh, the weeks and months leading into the NFL draft. So a lot coming your way. So make sure you check us out, Blue Ocean Podcast, download, subscribe, wherever you do get your pods, and make sure you subscribe to Odyssey Sports on YouTube uh, as well to check us out on there. So a lot of fun, George. Great to have some breaking news after uh, basically being in the desert of information for the last month. And we'll be back next week. Enjoy the big game. Who are you going with? Quick picks. I'm going with Chiefs. I think it's going to be a really Chiefs. close game. I think that the Eagles have the best roster. And I think their pass rush might change things. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. 33-25 Chiefs. I am with you. I think Kansas City wins. I will say really fast. I was just in Arizona for Radio Row the last few days here. It is Eagle Central. It is Philly has traveled. They have traveled well. I know the Super Bowl is always neutral. So it's it, even if there's a you know majority Eagles fans, it's gonna be tough to kind of get some sort of home field advantage. But I would guess right now it's gonna be a majority green, or at least you know, that will be the bigger fan base there compared to the Chiefs. They have traveled, they are they are there. There is a big Philly presence uh in uh in Phoenix, that is for sure. So enjoy the big game, enjoy the food, enjoy the halftime show. I'm very excited for God. I don't know about you, George. I am I don't get excited for the halftime show like ever. I think it's always kind of overblown and overrated. I am genuinely excited for Rihanna. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm old. <laughs> That's all I'll say on that You're not one. a I'm old. bad girl Riri uh, fan? I know. At least I know who she is. So I got to give, you know, that, <laughs> that, 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 that's points right there. I, lots of times they announce the halftime show and I have to, like, you know, ask my daughter what's going on. So, <laughs> well, I'm sure she'll be excited. Where I'm, I'm sure she loves Rihanna because Rihanna just, who doesn't? Great hits. Yeah, um, she's always she'll, she'll crush it. So enjoy the halftime show. Enjoy the game. We will be back probably on Tuesday. So I think we'll say we'll we'll talk to you on Tuesday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Podcast.